Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot of BYU football and basketball news to get to, as well as some other BYU sports teams who are in action. Women's golf team winning their tournament yesterday. We'll get to all of it on today's show. You'll hear from Yoli Childs. He spoke during BYU Basketball Media Day yesterday. I was there in attendance. You'll also hear today from Kyle Griffiths, BYU tight end, going home to play in his home state against South Florida this coming weekend. Get his thoughts on that upcoming game. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Deseret First Credit Union, the title sponsor of this here podcast, as well as Vivid Seats. And we are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's get to it. This is Locked On Cougars for October 10th, 2019. Hi guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of this podcast. A lot to get to, but let's start off on the hardwoods for BYU basketball. They held their annual media day at the BYU Broadcasting Building yesterday, and uh, Mark Pope was pretty upbeat. And I, let's start off with this. Mark Pope, in terms of just interviews... What a fun guy to talk to. He's sarcastic. He's funny. He's self-deprecating. He has a good time with the media, and I actually kind of appreciate it. I know that some people get a little turned off by it, think he's not taking things seriously. I can tell you this much. Pope does take things seriously. He talked a lot about uh, the different uh, challenges his team has faced this offseason from Yoli Childs coming back and then being suspended nine games by the NCAA to Gavin Baxter uh, being uh, lost for apparently the season. Also, the Nick Emery situation, all kinds of twists and turns. And he had a great quote yesterday saying, we love drama. And he was kind of being humorous about that. But uh, good day to talk to the media. Yoli Child spoke to the media yesterday. I started the interview asking him about the nine-game suspension that the NCAA imposed upon him. You'll hear him talk about that right off the top of this interview. Then he also just talks about the team coming back to play for BYU as a senior, the seven senior on this squad, what their goal is. There's a lot to get to with Yoli Childs, so let's get to it. Here's Yoli Childs yesterday during BYU Basketball Media Day on Locked On Cougars. We saw the news about the nine game. You having to sell the first nine games. I knew this was going to be the first I know, you figured it would be. What were your thoughts, I guess, initially on it? Um, I mean, initially it was was very painful. Um, I was a little bit shocked. so were the, the coaching staff and the guys. None of us really saw that coming. But you just kind of have to roll with it, you know. Um, I talked about this on Sports Nation a little bit today, but, like, watching conference, one of the things that really stuck out to me was just that we have the decision on how we're going to look at life. You know, no matter what's going on in our lives, we get to make decision if we're going to have joy in our lives, if we're going to be happy and positive. So that's the outlook we're having on it is, you know, Bad things happen. Things that you don't agree with a lot of times happen. Um, and it's what can you do with that? What, you can't control what other people do. You can't control the decisions other people are going to make. Um, but all you can control is, is what you're going to do. So I'm just looking forward to practicing as hard as I can every day, uh, cheering my team on, being the biggest cheerleader, being an extra coach on the sidelines during those nine games, and uh, just seeing what good's going to come from it, who's going to step up, how's it going to make us better as a team. 
what has it been like watching all of the twists and turns with the injuries and the changes with the roster and all the different things this team's gone through, coaching change, all that stuff over the last few months? What's that been like? I mean, obviously, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff going on in such a short amount of time. But, you know, all the great stories kind of start like that. You know, all the all the amazing stories that we grew up listening to and all the big comebacks, all the wins, all the, the teams that explode and have great years that you never saw coming. It never starts off with everything was perfect and then they just got even better. You know, that, that's not really how it goes. So um, I don't know. I, I like to look at it as maybe it's a sign for great things to come. That's kind of how those comeback stories happen. Coach was just telling us how much of a dude uh, one of the other front court mates, Colby Lee, that'll be relied on quite a bit while you're sitting out, is how much of a dude is he just from a teammate's perspective? What, what kind of a guy is he? What kind of player is he? He's a great guy, really great guy. That's something that's amazing about this team is to a man, it's just great human beings and guys that you want to be around. But he's been working his butt off. The the improvement I've seen from last year to this year in his confidence and his skill set, the way he's talking on the floor, uh, kind of directing traffic when he's under the basket defensively, is it's been incredible. You know, he's just working hard and he's getting better every day and he's going to help us a ton. With the summer practices and now the fall routine, what has been different um, kind of in how it's run between Coach Rose and Coach Bell? I think the intensity. It's just super intense. Every single drill, every single day, is it feels like life or death. Every drill is a battle, and uh, no matter what we're doing, if it's a shooting competition, if it's five-on-five, if you have to get two stops in a row, whatever the drill is, everyone's competing like their life depends on it. And it's just it's the hardest I've ever practiced consistently, every single day. And the last three weeks or so, we've been doing two-a-days, 6 a.m. practices, come back in the afternoon. So we've just been working extremely hard. And kind of going off that, you talked, you've talked about how the defensive side was kind of your missing piece for a lot of the, the draft mm-hmm. combine and scouts. Um, has that been fulfilled through Coach Pope with the intensity and everything right now? For sure. I, I feel like I've gotten a lot better better but I still have a long ways to go uh, to, to get where I want to get I want to be one of the elite defenders in this game and um, coach Pope is pushing me every day so is the rest of the staff and the guys I'm matched up with so you know every single day it's just a mentality of locking in on that end and, and really realizing that it matters and what I do on this side of the floor is going to impact wins and help this team Coach talked about how one of the things he wants this team to hang its hat on is is being able to guard and rely on being able to get stops. How is that developing, and and where do you see it continuing to need to improve? I think we're actually going to be a very good defensive team. Um, Obviously, we're an older team. We're older, smarter. We have a lot of experience. We communicate really well on that end of the floor, and uh, just just being able to do all those things helps defensively. But an interesting thing was we did uh, like NBA combine testing a couple weeks ago, and we ma- we were able to match up our numbers with the the NBA draft combines, and all of our lane agilities and pro agilities, all the lateral quickness things. Our team on average tested higher than the players in the NBA draft. So that's been a big emphasis this summer, especially in the weight room. And I think we've improved a lot with our lateral quickness and ability to keep the ball in front. Another thing the coach was talking about was the fact that with the experience and the you know the basketball IQ that this team has, is focusing on doing the right thing. It might always not always get the result you want, but having guys making the right decision, the right rotation, and mentioned to you that that's something you're working on. What's what's that like to to work on that yourself to to really focus on being right all the time? Yeah, it's huge. We're just looking at from an efficiency standpoint, from a feel standpoint. 
we have a team with so many talented players and so many guys that can kind of do the big three of basketball, shoot, put the ball on the floor, and pass. We, we usually have five guys on the court that can do that, so there's no reason we shouldn't get a really good shot. And we have great players that can make tough shots, but it's kind of the concept of not settling and not just taking a shot to take a shot, but getting to the right spots, moving the ball, and then when you're open, just owning it. Does it feel different when you feel like I'm consistently making the right decision, making both offensively and defensively? For sure. What's, what's really beautiful is when all five guys on the court are doing that too. And I feel like we've been doing that a lot lately and we're getting better at it. When, when all five guys on the court are making the right decisions, there's no guesswork. There's no, is, is the ball going to go up here? Everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing because everybody knows what's coming next. So it's just a fun way to play. You've talked in the past about trying to improve your three-point shot. Is that still a goal, or you feel like you've kind of accomplished where you wanted to get on it? Oh, for sure I could get better at that, and, and I'm trying to get better at that every day. I think that's something this coaching staff is really good at. They've had some very good three-point shooting teams at UVU uh, with less of the natural three-point shooting talent that our team has, and they've helped me a ton with just shooting the same shot every time, uh, picking and choosing what the right shot is for me, and just being consistent in my balance, my footwork, and my finishing. What has uh, Jake Toulson brought to this team? Man, where, where do I begin? Seriously, he he has brought, first off, incredible leadership and intensity. He's a guy that is just a natural-born leader. Uh, he leads both vocally and by example. Uh, he brings us a three-level scorer. He's a guy that can get to the rim and, and pick his spots. He's a guy that can shoot the three ball extremely well. He's, he's probably one of the best shooters in the country. And he's an underrated passer as well. So he just he's going to do a ton for us this year. And I think uh, I think fans and people in our conference are going to be really surprised by what he's able to bring. There you go, Yoli Childs, BYU senior forward, and BYU is going to miss him for those first nine games of the season, especially with the loss of Gavin Baxter for the season. But uh, Mark Pope yesterday said that he thinks Kobe Lee is going to surprise everybody. He said Kobe Lee is surprising even himself with what he's able to do on the court. He also feels like Dalton Nixon is very capable of holding down the front court for BYU. So it should make for an interesting rest of training camp here in an early run of the college basketball season for BYU to see how they hold up. I would expect you're going to see some guard heavy lineups. I could see some four and four guard starting lineups for BYU in certain scenarios in games just because of the lack of depth along the front line at least through the early part of this non-conference slate for BYU basketball but We'll see uh, what they ultimately decide to do in the front court. They're going to struggle to rebound. Uh, Mark Pope also yesterday talking about the fact that it's going to be a struggle to rebound all year long. Multiple players that we talked to said that it's going to be important for them to rebound as a team, make it a team effort. Guards, forwards, even the big men are going to have to make sure that they are contributing as a rebound as rebounders to help BYU get the ball. And the nice part is this team should be able to shoot and get out and run on people, and that should make for to. I, not should make four. It should make BYU capable of scoring with some of these teams. I know that a lot of people got uh, miffed about BYU and their up and down nature under Dave Rose and the lack of defense. I can tell you this much: Mark Pope and his squad—they're very much requiring their players to work on the defensive side of the court just as much as on the offensive side of things. So, should make for an interesting season upcoming, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they look early on this season. All right, there you go. Some of the news and notes from BYU basketball. Thanks to Yoli Childs for speaking with the media. Got a few more interviews we'll play throughout the coming days and weeks from BYU players ahead of the beginning of the BYU basketball season, so stay tuned for those. 
We're going to switch gears, talk BYU football here in just a moment, uh, talk about some of the news and notes from our practice insider, as well as getting to an interview I did with Kyle Griffiths, a BYU tight end, the only Florida native on BYU's roster currently. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Before we do that, I wanted to mention to you guys, Vivid Seats wants to help you make a memory that lasts you a lifetime. They're encouraging you to let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout, and you can receive a discount of up to $100. All right, guys, as we switch gears and talk BYU football here for a moment, and speaking with our practice insider this week, we mentioned yesterday the fact that it looks like Tristan Hodge could be sitting out this week. He was not in practice on Tuesday. I was told that he was also in street clothes yesterday, so it's looking more and more likely that BYU will have at least one new starter along the offensive line in their game against USF this week, and that means Clark Barrington, who we talked about yesterday, you also heard from Eric Mateos about him, is in line to potentially get his first start in a BYU uniform. I can tell you this much. The BYU coaching staff really likes what Clark Barrington brings to the table. He's tough. He's gritty. Uh, He's not necessarily the most talented or the most refined offensive lineman, but he's not afraid to get in there and just mix it up. And you heard that from... You heard that from Eric Mateos yesterday in the interview that we played on the podcast. If you didn't hear that, you can go back and listen to it. Absolutely phenomenal thoughts from Eric Mateos. A couple of the news news items for you this week, guys, is that Jaron Halls looked pretty good in practice, all things considered. A little more prone uh, to having passes that are a little more, I guess, outside the strike zone, and hopefully that makes sense. I, people talk about the strike zone in football, even though it's a baseball term. You want to put balls uh, in, ter- in terms of passes passes right on your receiver if at all possible and then we're talking in the chest area so anywhere from your rib cage to your neck in that general area they call that the strike zone jaron hall maybe has a little bit wider of where he hits in that strike zone um, zach wilson a little more of a refined arm able to hit that zone a little more consistently but the coaching staff and the players at byu very much are comfortable with jaron hall running the offense and they expect him to have a good game this coming saturday we'll see how it looks early on another note for you guys is that Tyson Williams confirmed to some people I talked to that he is going to pursue a medical hardship waiver. He has enjoyed his time at BYU. He would love to come back and actually play a full season for the Cougars if he's able to get clearance from the NCAA to do so next year. I've also heard from other people that it's looking less and less likely that he'd get that approval from the NCAA, but we'll see if he ultimately can get that waiver granted and he can return for a sixth year in a BYU uniform. It would be a big boon, I think, to BYU's recruiting efforts, especially at the running back position. Uh, one final note for you in terms of our practice insider, Micah Simon's been dealing with a significant knee injury, something that if if if, if BYU had more depth at wide receiver, they actually might have shut him down for a time, but they felt like they needed him on the court. Sounds like the bye week was very beneficial for him. His knee is a lot better. He's been able to contribute a lot more, participate in more drills for BYU when it comes to uh, practice, etc. And it sounds like his knee is coming along, and hopefully he can get healthier and healthier as the season progresses and continue to contribute at a high level because I've always enjoyed Micah Simon's ability, what he's able to do in a BYU uniform, what he's shown his capability to be. I think all of us saw, well, all, yeah, all of 
you saw the Tennessee that pass sets up that win there. BYU doesn't win that game without Micah Simon. So it's nice to hear that the bye week was beneficial for at least one guy in terms of his health. And here's hoping that Micah Simon continues to progress as things go forward. One final note for you. I've mentioned this on the podcast in the past, but uh, both Troy Warner and Chris Wilcox are expected to redshirt this upcoming season. But that does not mean they're not going to play this season. You're going to see them hopefully late in the season. We're talking in November, games against UMass, San Diego State, Idaho State, etc. They can play up to the four games and keep that redshirt intact. Uh, They've been participating in individual drills at this point of practice, hoping to ramp it up as the season progresses through here the month of October and then get on to the field in November, play up to those four games and contribute, but then also come back for their senior seasons hopefully in full health in 2020. So one final note, they are continuing to progress along that route. All right, now let's get to an interview I did with Kyle Griffiths, a native of Windermere, Florida, a guy who dreamed and dreamed and dreamed of playing for BYU. He's living that dream now as a Cougar, a contributor on special teams as well as on offense. So here you go, my conversation with Kyle Griffiths, BYU tight end right here on Locked On Cougars. Kyle, how cool is it to be going home and playing a game? Oh, you have no idea. I haven't played a game in the state of Florida since when was that 2013 so it's been six years now since I've played with that kind of humidity and uh and being on my home turf so I'm, I'm real excited to go back home your brother used to be on this team yes, sir what's it like family-wise are you gonna have a massive crew of Griffiths and friends going be in there so I'm like eighth generation Floridian or something okay. like that so like everybody goes to BYU and then everyone comes right back to live <laughs> so my mom asked me to get about 50 tickets and Oh, there's absolutely. I already told her like there's no way we're gonna be able to get 50 tickets, but I'm trying to get as many tickets as I can. I got all my coaches all want to come to the game. I got family. I got friends that can't make it out to Utah, so uh, it's gonna be pretty neat experience. I'm I'm fighting for every last ticket I can get just to get everyone there. How far from Windermere to Tampa? About an hour. Okay. Little little less than an hour if uh, if you're driving if you're driving the right way, but um, yeah, just about just about an hour. Growing up, were you a, do you have were you a BYU guy growing up? All growing up in Florida, or did you have a team in Florida? Oh, so we were my, my pops played at BYU, okay. and my uh, my mama met him here, and everybody's gone to BYU. I've been a diehard BYU fan since I was a kid. Like this is the dream. But uh, after that, Tim Tebow, Florida Gators. Okay. We uh, we went to the two national championship games with okay. Tebow in it. Um, we'd go to a Gator game every year, and we'd go to BYU game every year. Those were our two games we'd go to. So we're huge Gator fans, huge SEC fans, mm-hmm. and uh, not as much Seminole fans. I'll, just, <laughs> I'll put it that way. Fair enough. When it comes to USF, what do you know about them? What's kind of the reputation in Florida? So actually, uh, um, one of my good buddies from my team is playing there. He just transferred from Michigan, Eddie okay. McDoom. So uh, my junior year, he was a freshman, and we both played the same position. So he was, he was behind me, but then he, he showed how amazing he was, and he ended up uh, he ended up going out there and balling out. And USF was actually one of the first schools that um, verbally offered me okay. until I told him about my mission and uh, lost that one. <laughs> and um, as well, uh, USF, they're known for being fast. They're known for being gritty. They're coach strong. I mean, I remember watching him and everything he's done, and I think he's an absolutely incredible coach. So I'm sure uh, they're going to be ready to go, and they'll play fast, and they'll be a real good team. We've seen your position. You've jumped from almost position to position to position in these different offenses during your time here. What's it been like? Well, um, everyone likes to be comfortable in a position, you yeah. know, but I just like playing football, honestly. Yeah. I remember in high school I was, I played tight end, but as well I was a fullback, I was a tailback, I was a receiver. Mm-hmm. Like I literally H-back did everything, and I played middle linebacker, outside linebacker, and DN. So it's like 
I'm kind of used to not like playing one position and staying at one position. I'm used to to moving around and just going wherever they want me to play. And honestly, whatever gets me on the field, I just I just want to play football and hit some people. So we've seen on the return teams, you're listed as a tight end on the roster. Is your tight end slot different than say a Matt Bushman type of a tight end position? Oh, absolutely. There's, I'm I'm no Matt Bushman. <laughs> I, uh, Matt Bushman's just an absolute freak, and he's an incredible athlete and player. I'm more of a fullback h-back kind of guy i'm gotcha. I'm doing more block and hitting i mean i like to catch the ball every once in a while but i play football to hit i don't play football to to catch a ball so i'm yeah i do a little bit more of the blocking and enjoy that part aspect more of football we've heard uh, coach lamb talk about in terms of the return teams in particular he, he wants guys who see that as almost their primary position yeah what kind of goes into that whole mentality oh that's me i'm like every time i'm out there at kickoff return i'm the last i'm the fullback i'm yeah. the last guy there i'm I'm kind of like I got to like kind of direct some people and make some things happen and that's my job and I love it more than anything like there's I'm so proud that whenever people ask me what position you play I'm like oh I'm a tight end fullback but I'm on kickoff return too okay. like I'm I'm proud to say that mm-hmm. I do that and every single time my job is I got the the fastest biggest dude that's running down there and I'm always excited for that collision so I'm there and then I'm punt return as well with coach Stewart yeah. it's just they're both you got to be you got to have tenacity you got to go out there hitting people and and wanting, wanting the hit, wanting the contact. So I, uh, I love that more than anything about football. So I, I enjoy being in those positions. Has your BYU experience been everything you've wanted it to be? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is literally my childhood dream. I mean, my mom, literally growing up, she'd, she'd wake up and make my brother and I 10 waffles each. She'd make us five sandwiches each to take to school. She'd always give us money so we can have an extra lunch. And then, she, honestly, I can't tell you how many times I got a text, hey, come to the door, I got food for you. Just, like, randomly in the middle of the day. Like, she wanted big boys. She wanted, and her life dream was that her boys put football at BYU, too. So now I'm, uh, now I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm loving being able to be around people who all share my standards as well. And, and uh, it's been an incredible experience out here, honestly. Kyle, thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you very much. There you go, Kyle Griffiths. And I have to say, Kyle is a great ambassador of what BYU is all about. Him and his twin brother, Hayden, who is no longer in the program, were walk-ons to the BYU football program, have been steady contributors during their time, and have just been happy to be part of the program. They dreamed of their entire lives. You heard Kyle say that. I've dreamed of this my entire life. He said that Florida was our team in the SEC down there, living in Florida, because he's a native Floridian. said he had eighth generation Floridian, and everybody seems to go to BYU and go back to Florida. But he says he's very happy with his experience at BYU. He's living out a dream, and I think that's awesome to hear. And uh, it was great to hear that he's got upwards of, he said, 50 people that he knows, coaches, players, family, that want to go to this game at South Florida, just an hour away from his hometown. Cool story all the way around, and thanks to Kyle Griffiths for joining me here on the podcast. All right, we'll get to some other BYU news here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, do need to take a minute today and talk to you about our title sponsor on the podcast, and that is Deseret First Credit Union. Deseret First Credit Union right now, they share a faith-based bond with its members, but they also celebrate the unique goals and passions of their individual members. They're asking right now, what's your focus? What is your why? Whatever that might be, have you thought about refinancing your home and your mortgage and say, more money and help fund your passion project. Most of you guys think that refinancing, myself included, at many points in my life, is much too too much work 
to be worth the benefit. Right now, rates are crazy low, and Deseret First Credit Union can do a no-cost refinancing. They get you locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing, and it potentially could save you up to hundreds of dollars a month, guys. I think every one of you would totally be on board with that, saving hundreds of dollars a month and putting it right back into your pocket. Check it out. The DFCU Mortgage Team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation, whichever stage of life you are in. First-time home buyers, investment properties, whatever it is, they will help you out. Give them a call, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Once again, the phone number, 801-456-7070. Tell them that Jay Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you when you reach out to them. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required. OAC, terms and conditions apply. Equal housing lender. All right, guys, a couple other items to touch on on today's podcast. Another BYU sports, BYU women's soccer absolutely rolled Pepperdine on a chilly night at Southfield last night, 5-1. to one. Elise Flake scoring a brace in the first half to lead BYU to that victory. Sarah Jane Affleck, Michaela Coulihan, and Lizzie Braby also all scored one goal apiece. The Cougars are now 11-0-1, 1-0-1 in West Coast Conference play, ranked number six in the country. Jennifer Rockwood's team is absolutely off to a rolling start still unbeaten on the season it's awesome to see best of luck to them as they continue to looks like climb the national rankings as they continue to blow out teams like Pepperdine they'll be back in action later this week uh, they're at, back at Southfield Saturday for another, another WCC contest against Pacific kickoff in that game set for 7 o'clock Mountain Time live broadcast on BYU TV other news for you guys the women's golf team I talked yesterday about the men's golf team they've gotten two wins and a second place finish in their first three tournaments of the season. Well, the women's golf team isn't going to be outdone. Up in uh, Sammamish, Washington, the women's golf team won the Edine Illenfelt invite yesterday after shooting combined 607. That's 31 over through two rounds of play. Uh, this tournament was marred by weather, so they shortened it just to two rounds. But a big win for the BYU women's golf team. Congratulations to them and head coach Kerry Roberts. Uh, tough tough conditions all the way around because like I said they, they had the tournament suspended at one point due to due to, due to the weather. Alicia May Mateo led BYU with a sec, tied for second place finish at four over par. Naomi, Naomi Soifua finished tied for seventh and Annie Hakawizik hopefully I got that right finished tied for ninth at seven over so congratulations uh, to BYU Women's Golf on that big win. They got a cool totem pole uh, trophy that they got to celebrate with. They're back in action later this month as they head to the Rainbow Wahine Invitational in Kapolei, Hawaii at the end of the month. We'll keep you updated as that gets a little bit closer. And then the final note from today's podcast is that former BYU tight end and longtime NFL coach, particularly the Baltimore Ravens, Brian Billick was inducted into the Baltimore Ravens Ring of Honor this past Sunday during halftime of the Browns-Ravens football game. Actually, sorry, September 29th at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Uh, during his nine-year tenure as the head coach of the Ravens from 1999 to 2007, he had a record of 85 and 67, reached the playoffs four times, won the division championship three times, and of course led the Ravens to their Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 35. He retired from coaching in 2008 and he's been an analyst on various networks since that time. Awesome to see that. Congratulations to Coach Billick, a well-deserved honor as a member of the Ring of Honor, of course a former BYU tight end, so wanted to touch on that. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. Can't thank you guys enough for joining us. We are available on every 
Podbean, Banger Podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, the Himalaya Podcast app. Please follow along, hit that subscribe or follow button, and also give us a favorable rating and review. Those star reviews are worth their weight in podcast gold. Can't thank you guys enough in advance for taking a moment to do that. Today's show brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union, as well as Vivid Seats. And of course, you can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check us out at Locked On Cougars. You can check out my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch, or you can weigh in on the show by dropping us a note at our email address, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. We'll be back tomorrow. Preview edition of what's gonna, what BYU is going to face against South Florida. We'll get to all of that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. This has been Locked On Cougars for October 10th, 2019.